Welcome, 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 everybody, to the 90s Mixtapes. I'm your host, Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello. And we are here last week of the month to review the movies that came out in January and February of 1993. Right, Jen? That's it. Now, things are going to be a little bit different because we had a little bit of a hiatus, a little holiday break while we were recalibrating, get everything back together. But we are going to bring back a great little game that we played last time where um, I'm going to tell you a movie and, you know, next month maybe you'll do me and you try to tell me the plot and then we'll oh, check in the next oh, month good. to see if it's good. Since Wonderful. we didn't, yeah, since we haven't done any of that, you know, uh, I figured make it, I'll, I'll give you like a little bit of a layup, but we have two months to cover. We didn't watch a movie for January because we felt like watching February's movie Spoiler alert, it's Groundhog Day, was enough because we got stuck in the time loop of Groundhog Day Mm -hmm. to just keep watching Groundhog Day. (laughs) So in January, we had a couple movies that came out that I just want to kind of run down with you real quick. Um, One of my personal favorite horror movie franchises, Leprechaun, debuted. Mm -hmm. What is your attachment to that, Any? No. Well, Jennifer Aniston (laughs) was in the movie. Oh, I thought she was in the second one. No, the very first one. So she's in the first one. We had Leprechaun, which was January 8th with Warwick Davis. It was funny because they really, I think, did try to make a horror movie. I think it was really supposed to be scary. Yeah. And then the last one they made is actually scary. Well, the ones they made with Hornswoggle from the WWE, like, were scary. (laughs) But people are like, that's, like, we had him in space. Like, it's not really... Like, that's not the point. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what we're trying to do here. He kind of evolved out of that, like, you know, into that, like, Jason territory where you're like, we just don't... We don't really want to be scared. Like, we're all we're all in on the joke, right? So, Leprechaun movie franchise came out. I saw here... Did you ever see the movie Matinee with John Goodman? Matinee with John Goodman. The thing is, I don't think I have, but I feel like we've talked about it. Or you've told me about it. Or maybe you tried to get me to watch it once. Yeah, I really, really liked that movie. I remember that. I remember when this movie came out. It used to be on. I want to say like Stars or Encore or one of those. Probably Encore, right? So I'd seen it over the summer. I think it was rated. Let me double check. I think it's rated PG. Yeah, it's rated PG. And basically, John Goodman moves into this small town um, during the Cuban Missile Crisis in a small coastal town, right? I'm just reading off of that part. But he moves into this town and he like sets up like a movie theater, but he runs it like. By showing these really kitschy B-movies, but then you'll have, like, the people that work at the theater will be, like, dressed as, like, giant ants or, like, th- like to kind of, like, make it be, like, a immersive horror experience. So this, like, small town um, is just kind of, like, everybody's going on Friday night to see these movies, right? Or to go check out these movies because he's playing these really cool B-movies that, like, people hadn't seen. Huh. So, yeah, it's, like, Yeah, no, fun. I don't think I've ever seen that, but very, I like, do feel like you've told me about it. Yeah, because this is one of those movies that I really kind of liked. I don't know. I I don't know what it was about it. It reminds me, like, the heart of it, at least, you know, I haven't seen it in a while, but the heart of it kind of reminded me of, like, that first time I watched Pleasantville, where I'm like, this movie has, like, a... Yeah. Where it's like, we're going to harken you back to these old days in order to kind of tell you a story about now, but it was just more about, you know, the the magic of movies, right? I was like, you grew up... theater experience can really change how you uh, perceive something and can give you, like, escapism and a time to kind of... Like, enjoy it. So that was the movie Matinee. Which yeah. Came out. Well, you grew up going to the movies a lot. And I feel like you yeah. love the movies. Even now, you still go to the movies a lot. So maybe that's part Cocaine of it. Bear. Going to see that Cocaine Bear. I know you are. See all the Marvel movies. I mean, yeah. It's one of those things. I mean, I think people find habits or people find routines. Uh, and it's something to kind of hang on to, I think. At least with the movies. Which is really why this is always my favorite one that we talk about. Because I've seen a lot of these movies. Because... Our podcast is not about the 1970s, where you might be releasing movies I haven't seen. Like, I've seen a lot of these, seen a lot of them in the theater, so I have a lot of personal attachment. Yeah. But those movies came out in January. Anything else you want to talk about of January? Uh, There's one more you want to mention? There was... What did I have? Leprechaun. Oh, Alive. Mm-hmm. Was the other movie that I had written as marked down as, oh, we'd probably either have to watch Leprechaun or Alive. Um... And we didn't get to, but I'm, I, I, Alive. We called, we called an audible. Have you ever seen Alive? I have, once, and that was it. Yeah, same. That's all I need. Uh, because that's a real story. I know, I know. So, yeah. Once we're dealing with the real cannibalism, (laughs) that's where I gotta kinda (laughs) draw the line of it. 
Um, but January, we didn't watch those movies. We had, like, we... Lots of... We just kept getting sick. No, 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 no. But, but, <laughs> but, but, the the but, flu, there was a COVID. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is that we actually have, in February, we decided to watch Groundhog Day because it's such an appropriate movie for everything that, you know, you could deal with around the holiday season and just everything, and that's our spotlight movie. But we've also... Or we just saw The Crying Game, too. So I was like, we did actually see two movies during this time period. Because we saw The Crying Game last year, which is a really, really great movie. It came out in February, really, uh, you know, like ahead of its kind of time and the social commentary that it wants to tell. Didn't we also see Army of Darkness? Uh, we have seen Army of Darkness as well. Like uh, I watch it all the time. Like the last year or so? Yeah, we've seen that. But I mean, that, that's, that's one of those movies I kind of feel like kind of, that's for a different podcast, but. I enjoy it. If I was like, oh, hey, the movie we're going to spotlight is Army of Darkness. Like, now you're really, really kind of pigeonholing yourselves. Like, Groundhog Day, I feel like, can appeal to everybody. But I loved Army of Darkness. I remember the commercials and the trailers. I saw Evil Dead 1 when I was probably... So I'd already seen Army of Darkness. I probably saw that in the summer of 94. Maybe the summer of 93. Because it was on HBO. So I remember I saw it on HBO when it came to HBO. I didn't see it in the theater. And I probably saw Evil Dead like a year or two later. And then I saw Evil Dead 2. And I was like, I don't understand why Evil Dead 2 is kind of like Evil Dead 1. But Evil Dead 2 is the scary one, right? And then Evil Dead 1 is the one that's like goofy? Or is it vice versa? It's not that it's vice versa. So Evil Dead 1 is like the home movie. And then Evil Dead 2, they get a budget. And they kind of remake the whole the home movie. So it's just that they had less money. Doesn't mean it's any less scary kind of it's all Sam Raimi and his imprints on everything and his you know his style and his like extreme close-ups and everything like that and working with characters faces like that is just his thing you know they just had more money to make Evil Dead 2 so that that some people can say it's scarier I think Evil Dead 1's pretty it does its job if if you I, I think it's I saw the play off Broadway of Evil Dead, and it was like if you were in the first few rows, they suggest bringing like a poncho because you just get covered in fake blood. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was, I, it was I really remember, a yeah, lot of fun. I mean, it's one of those things that I feel like there's certain things that that were a little bit more maybe like acceptable. I don't know, like one of them being like kind of watching these like movies that are really cult movies. And then being like, oh, that's cool. You know, I, I'm thinking too, like Blair Witch Project, which comes out in the 90s and like all these things where you kind of like accepted. Remember Paranormal Activity came out and that might have been in the early 2000s, but you kind of accepted like the premise and you kind of went along with how, um, you know, and gave the director like runway to kind of give you the movie and tell you the story, even though it's a little bit goofy. So I feel like Evil Dead 1 was a little bit more like goofy just because they didn't have enough money, not because... Gotcha. It wasn't like a good. Oh no! I just idea. feel like you told me that the second one was a lot scarier. I believe I didn't it was. Yeah. Have that pre. Yeah. Well, they had more money for everything, so I think they made it better. But again, I don't mm-hmm. want to like be a purist because it really depends on what people have to say. Right. You don't want to say anything and then get um get shit on. Army of Darkness is definitely a better. Army of Darkness, I think, is more divisive, but I really enjoyed it. Like I enjoyed it because of like. The silly. I enjoy movies that build on prior worlds that they've created. So I enjoyed the world building of being like, yeah, remember all that shit in the cabin? Well, he got sent back in time. So I enjoyed that. I understand. That it was. <laughs> that it's highly. No, I know it's a big cult following. I know these movies are. Yeah, this is my loved music, you by know what people. I mean? Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I felt about it. We did watch it for our movie club that we we're in mm-hmm. because uh, I think uh, my friend Dan picked it. And I think I expected it to be, like, Evil Dead. Which it just, it wasn't. Oh, no. No, no, no. Yeah. It was set in medieval times, and it was a little Evil Dead-y, but it was more like was action what? comedy. It was a... Like action horror comedy. It was a ride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was enjoyable. Any other movies that came out in February to touch on? I mean, um, we, we touched on The Crying Game a little bit, but I feel like maybe when we do, like, uh, an Oscar spotlight or something, maybe later in the year, maybe we'll talk about it a little bit more, because I know it's nominated for some stuff, and... Yeah, well, I'm. Did you see that prior to when we watched no. it? Uh, was it what you expected? Because for me, it was like nowhere near what I thought it was going to be. I knew what the reveal was, but I didn't really know what the movie was, no. Yeah. I would say no. It was not what I expected. 
it, it was a good movie. I mean, I think everybody kind of knew the reveal, but going in, but it wasn't as um. I don't know. The thing is, I don't remember things too well, so I'm afraid to even say anything about it because it might not be accurate. <laughs> or, um, Falling Down came out in February. What was that? Falling Down? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I'm asking you. Oh, what is this dude's name? You know I'm bad at this. You've never seen Falling Down? My, is it Michael Douglas? Is that who's in it? Dude, if somebody says they haven't seen something... No, I, I'm just surprised because you're such a movie person and this seems like a movie that you would have seen um i just want to like make sure i'm saying the right names before i start talking about it um i haven't seen it in for yeah it is michael douglas so he just plays this dude and he like just fucking snaps he like snaps and he's just like threatening people with this like gun like he's like a business guy like here you've never seen uh here i'll show you the picture i'm, I'm looking at it oh, okay. i'm looking at it. i haven't um no yo it's like a wild movie i haven't seen it in a long time i think he's like trying to get like a present for his daughter for her birthday party or like get to this birthday and like things are just going wrong and he's like this business guy and he's just like you know like <laughs> like life has just got him to a point and he snaps and he just snaps this movie about this like that's what I remember. I guess, again, I haven't seen it in a while, but I almost was going to suggest watching it, but then Groundhog Day is Groundhog Day, you know? But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this movie is definitely worth a watch. I, I don't know, you know, how well it ages. That's, again, I haven't seen it in a while. I know there's a gun involved and stuff, um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean... It's something. I just kind of quickly read the plot, and I'm like, nah. I mean, I, I don't think it wasn't... I don't know. I, I didn't see it. He I, just, like, snaps. It's yeah. just, like, the idea of, like, a business guy, an everyday guy that snaps. Because, well, you well know? yeah, it, it says he's sitting in traffic, his AC mm -hmm. dies, and then he just is all upset, and he just... Whatever. I mean... Yeah, yeah. but, like, he's trying to get, like, his, his daughter a birthday present or something. Something, right? yeah. It has something yeah. to do with his, his ex-wife. Yep. Yeah, all sorts of stuff. Wow, okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know about that one. Um, yeah, we probably should have watched that one, too, but we didn't. Um, and then Untamed Heart. Is that the one where like Christian Slater needs a heart, or he's gonna yes. die to get a heart, or something having oh to do with god. a heart? Oh my god, yes! And they work in this like I don't know if it's like a luncheonette or a little restaurant, and he works in the back, and Marissa Tomei works in the front, and oh, it's like Christmas time, and she has like the Marissa Tomei accent, and then he saves her from getting like brutally attacked and like raped in the park when she's walking home he like saves her and then they fall in love and i feel like he doesn't really talk a lot or at all i don't know i feel like he's a man of few words and it's just so sweet and they go ice skating and then there's a scene where they like i don't know if they're getting they're around christmas trees and then she, i think he like works like at a christmas tree place and she goes you smell like a pine tree and my friend and i used to just always tell each other that we smell like a pine tree because it's the way she said it with that accent. Mm -hmm. um, and then, spoiler alert, he doesn't get the heart and he dies at the end and it's just heart-wrenching. Yeah. And yeah. I loved that movie and I watched it and I would just cry because there's something wrong with me. <laughs> this is your confession. This is my confession. It's way, I mean... Literally, we're getting a text message now as we speak about him being sentenced to another 20 years of uh, jail. I don't think we can we? Be, be singing R. Kelly. Is that what the text we just got was? Yeah. Oh, is that why you said it? Oh, okay. I didn't. Well, I mean, it. I said it. You okay. sang it. I didn't, I didn't I look didn't, at the text. I didn't tell you to just bring and out I'm gonna, your And I'm going to, this is probably actually not um, good on me. for. I didn't even realize that he sung that. So, <laughs> I, to be honest with you, I just know it's a song that's in my head. Yeah. I know he sings... I can fly, and that song is always in my head, which is unfortunate because I can't get it out. But it's true. Again, that's another confession for you. <laughs> yeah, because I think that's part of like the closet songs. Like I think it's like oh in his God. closet thing. I know we've talked about this before in here, but do you remember before yes. we knew he was bad, mm -hmm. and we just watched all of those clo those closet videos were. That's <laughs> that was like the beginning of our relationship too. That was um. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was something. Yeah, we sat there like one Saturday. For like eight just, hours. Yeah. Bridget, Bridget, Bridget. Bridget. It was something going on that. I was like, oh man, I could just do this on this YouTube thing. It's and just we can here. never do it again because he's no. fucking awful. Yeah. Ugh. 
It's rough. <laughs> it's rough. It's rough. Because that was uh, that was an experience. I'll say that. Whew. So we're going to spotlight and talk about here Groundhog Day, which I have now seen probably 20 times. Uh, just like Scrooge, another one of those movies. Like, there's three Bill Murray movies I watch. Uh, all of them centered around holidays. One of them is around Halloween. One of them is around Christmas. And then the other one is around Groundhog Day. Yeah. So here we are with Groundhog Day, which was a movie that obviously came out in 1993. Has a pretty checkered past. I know probably other podcasts and things have done really, really deep dives into it. But we're just kind of giving our long view instant reaction. Um, recently, we had seen the movie Palm Springs, which was another movie that had and dealt with a uh, time loop type situation i felt or still kind of feel like i feel like groundhog day is probably always going to be the best of this kind of thing i thought palm springs was really really good like i really enjoyed it um i had a good time with it and i would watch it again we watched it right at the beginning of the pandemic but you know there's just always something about groundhog day there's always something about ned ryerson there's always something about <laughs> ned ryerson. that puddle <laughs> I think the difference is Palm Springs just seems idyllic. Obviously not the um, not the, the torture and murder that he gets from bringing that other guy in. Uh, J.K. Simmons, when he brings his character in, who then like shows up every day to kill him. Oh, yeah. He's always trying. Yes. yes. So not, not that like uh, Wiley Coyote aspect of it, but the idea like, oh, you're in Palm Springs. And it's like... I, I forgot about that. But that's what makes it a little different right and then there's like this science behind like this pseudoscience and this whole thing it's yeah palm springs i've only seen, we've only seen that once right i've only seen it once we've only seen that once the thing that makes it different <laughs> than this one is that in this one at least in this version like bill murray is the only one in the loop he doesn't drag anyone else in in palm springs it was um andy sandberg who then drags in jk simmons who then uh i think he also drags in the girl too was it uh, Allison Brie, right? That wasn't Allison Brie. Um, no, just you keep talking. I'll look it up. Um, yeah, I think that's... Is that it? Are those all the people that he dragged in? I think those were all the people that he dragged in because the three of them are the ones that leave. Uh, Kristen, Kristen Maloti. Yeah, what is she... What was she in? Because I feel like... How I Met Your Mother. She was the mother. Okay. Wolf of Wall Street. I Kristen, think she was in... Kristen some... Milioti, right? Yeah. I, yeah. M we're, Milioti. We're ruining her name. It says she was on 30 Rock. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry. You know what? She looks a lot like um, the actress whose name has escaped me, who plays Fiona on Shameless. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what you were saying. See, I thought our friend that had said the movie said that she was in Community because I didn't see Community, and then that's why I was saying the wrong person. Oh, uh, you said Yeah, well, that would make sense because Alison Brie is in Community. Yeah. And it's also a brunette, so I understand. Yeah, but news to say, I think he just brought in the two of them, and then eventually they have the science. Well, she's the one that I think gets them out. Oh, she like, yeah, she spends like... Because she's the one that's, that sciences it up. Yeah, but anywho, we're not... No, well, really? we, we are, we are, but we're not. Because when we're talking about Groundhog Day, we're talking about early 90s and some of the kind of cringe things that happened. Because in Palm Springs, they make light, and I'm using the two movies because they're such a parallel, but they make light of the idea that, like, he slept with everybody, right? He's like, I slept with some of the dudes, too. I slept with the dad. I slept with this one. I slept with that one. And it was, like, played up for a joke. Oh, but yeah, I felt yeah. it was really kind of, <laughs> kind of, like... Every time I watch it, it's always a little scuzzy when Bill Murray is just, like, sleeping with everybody. And especially when he's, like, trying to sleep with Andy McDowell because he's just so, like, you know. You just sit there. Persistent and, and yeah, but, a little. Yeah. But you sit there and watch it and, like, everything is basically, <laughs> like, like he's, you know, it's almost like God because everything is, like, for last for him. He's like, oh, mm, okay. And he says out loud, like, forget this, forget that, forget this, forget that, remember this, remember that, you know? So he's just, like, replaying everything up until a certain point over and over again. Yep. And so it's... it's yeah, because he's using each day to just research what he's going to... To do the next day. To do the next, yeah. So it's like, oh, I got this far, but then it stopped here. Oh, I got that far, and it stopped here. So it's really... 
it can be a little cringe because I mean he is sleeping with her. Like you it's, know, you it's know strange. What? Very strange dynamics are there. Uh, yeah, but I mean, like realistically, if someone's single in this situation, they're. I mean, not that you should. It is cringy the way he goes about it. I'm not saying it's not, but I could see people being like, well, I guess I'm stuck in this day for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? What am I? You know what I thought was cringe though, when he, when he sleeps with Nancy. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, I love you. I want you to be my wife. And the thing about it that I found cringy was not so much that he was saying that because you've already registered this guy as like scuzzy, right? Like you'd expect this behavior from this scuzzy guy. But she's like, oh, wow, yes. And I'm like, who the hell sees someone who they quote unquote went to high school with who they cannot possibly remember because they didn't really go to high school with them and the day that they the first day that they see them that person tells them that they want to get married and they're like great let's do it that's so insane to me <laughs> like but how is that insane because the whole point is that for however many days he spent learning everything about her everything about her day everything about her past everything about what she likes everything about what she dislikes to play it to that perfect moment that if it ever was going to happen, it could only happen in that moment, right? I mean, that is crazy, though, because she... Could you imagine if you met someone who knew everything about you and you don't remember them? You'd probably be like, I have a brain tumor. There's something wrong. Right, but also not, because, like, like I hear you, but at the same time, it's like, okay, so when he's talking to Annie McDowell's ca- character, and, like, on their second go-around, and she's like, oh, I like French poetry... And he learns fucking French poetry. Like, she didn't tell him. Like, he, the way he played it was, like, just started spouting French poetry, right? So, of course, that immediately changes the dynamic of their entire situation. Because she's like, oh, it's silly. I studied French poetry. And he's like, I know French poetry. Yeah, I know. That's so, like, she's choice. immediately, like, it's just the things that, so, like, who knows what else he did with her in order to get her to that level. And, obviously, some people are different. And maybe she wakes up and goes, man, we had a lot of fun. I really am not going to marry you. Like, I'm not that crazy. But, like, I know you're on the, you're the weatherman on TV and this was fun and we went to school or we didn't or whatever, you know? I don't, I don't know, know, man. Red flag to me. Like, I can understand being like, oh, whatever, we're gonna have fun, see where this goes. Maybe it turns into something more. That second, that person you haven't seen your whole life, who you don't remember, who knows everything about you, says they want to marry you? I'm out. Okay. Fair. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that's fair. I'm gonna say that that's a pretty fair assessment of the situation. I didn't look at it quite that much. I I looked at it just more like... This movie and Palm Springs, again, I'm kind of going back and forth, but you know, like, when I watch Groundhog Day, I think about it in, like, the sense of, like, an open-world video game. Because it's kind of like, he could just do what he wants and press reset. It's like, it reminds no. me of, like, Grand Theft Auto. You just can do what you want in this yes. little thing, and then you press reset, and you come back, and you're right where you were. Because yes. you didn't save anything. I kind of felt like that, too, but I couldn't put my, like, I played Bully when that first came out. Same thing, and yeah. I, yeah, it felt like that, because it felt... It's a Rockstar game. This is a Rockstar game be- movie. It is a Rockstar game movie before Rockstar games existed, because you could just be a dick. You can do whatever you want. It does not matter. You're going to wake up the next day? Yeah. What I'm, You know, a certain time period in life, in that early 2000s, you know, Dave Chappelle did a skit about it, but it was really everywhere. It was Grand Theft Auto. I think it was Grand Theft Auto 4. It might have been 3. It might have even been GTA 3. Whatever, whichever one it was, it just, all around college games, it's all around people were playing it. And you just would walk by a room and people are just playing it and you're just doing nothing. You're just driving around the town getting money, doing whatever, shooting people, not shooting people, killing people, and then there's just no consequence. You wake up at the hospital and you lose 100 bucks. Like, that's what this felt like, where it's like nothing, he could just do whatever and end up back where he was. Um, it's it's a little, it's frustrating at times uh, for a movie premise because it is such a great premise, right? Because you're like, oh my God, like I think I would go crazy in that scenario, right? If you really had no idea how you got there and how to get out. And it makes for some... It definitely makes for some interesting plot choices, right? Because you can do whatever. And you're in and you're not what started as this is a shitty guy. You then feel his plight. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a couple cuts where like he kills himself, right? So you see that mm-hmm. and he kills other people. He like you jumps off a building. Yeah, like there's all these cuts of all these things and you're like, okay, and then we just reset. But didn't they not show a lot of that when we rewatch this? We watched it on like 
on our cable provider on like on demand so it was on like amc and i think they had cut a couple of those scenes because i definitely yeah. remember a couple of those scenes and i mean they they had them driving on the train tracks and stuff but i mean i definitely remember a couple yeah of those that's scenes. just like reckless behavior it's not like he uh well no I, th- I think he killed everybody in that one i don't know in that scenario but pretty uh pretty much pretty much the quintessential uh you know leprechaun tried to be like i'm gonna co-opt saint patty's day but this is pretty much the quintessential it's not really a holiday but um this movie makes it a holiday right Mm -hmm. because this movie makes groundhog day to me i mean it's so cool like it's like there's a movie about this thing that they still do everybody still wakes up for the groundhog and then when you know the science behind the groundhog you're like there's really nothing here you already know the answer before and there's so many groundhogs and i know pox tony phil is like the groundhog but there are so many groundhogs throughout the country, and they all see different. Some see their shadow, some don't. Remember, we used to go see the groundhog and our like where we Hal. used to live. We used to see Hal. We used to go see Hal, and it was like a lot of people mm-hmm. would be out in the freezing cold, and this particular place would offer like free coffee and donuts and stuff. And Come see Hal. Yeah, it was exciting and also freezing. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I wasn't like I was um was looking up things about this movie it was giving me other time loop movies and palm springs is one of them you know what i never realized is pretty much a time loop movie but only for one character what a 51st states i'm like oh yeah that is adam sandler's character just trying to get drew barrymore's character to fall in love with him every single day and everybody pretending that it's the same day over well, wouldn't and over it be again more of a time loop movie for her though that's what I mean. It oh, is a oh, time loop for her. For her. But, the but way it you is. Said it, it, you meant Adam Sandler. I'm like, no, because he can yeah, change his day. It's a time loop for her, but like everybody's making it the same day, so she doesn't have to go through like the trauma of reliving the fact that she has like whatever kind of weird amnesia she has. But I'm like, oh yeah, that is a similar, a similar, a similar formula. A similar formula. Those are hard words to say next to each other. <laughs> um, I'll probably cut that. That is pretty cool. I mean, I didn't think about it like that from that perspective, but yeah, very similar. Right? Like, I yeah. didn't either, but it's the same, like, only, you know, Adam Sandler's character is, you know, he's nice to begin with. He's kind and going, he's, his heart's in the right place in the beginning. Like, I feel like you see Phil go from a piece of shit to actually like a nice guy, you know? Well, I, so I was going to ask you a, a new thing we're going to do, um, or, or a new topic, a new idea I had was, you know, we'll start with, do you feel that this movie captures a certain, you know, as we go month by month, do you feel that this movie is like a time capsule? Would you put this in as like, this is a nineties movie. Like I feel this is entrenched as a nineties movie. The cars, like I remember those cars, those bigger boxy cars were still around back then. You had the old alarm clock, which is such a, you know, it, it kind of ends in the 90s, right? The alarm clock that's going to come on like that because everybody, a lot of people use their phone. That's right? like an alarm clock from the 70s too. But that's still, but, an old, old But one. all that shit used to kind of be, you know. It's still around, yeah. I, I just feel like it's all, you know, the 90s cameras, the 90s kind of, you know, that late 80s, early 90s I would like say, fashion. Yeah. Like, it's, it's I would a 90s say movie, you, could right? even, you could even sell it. As an 80s movie, I mean, obviously it's a 90s movie, but it even has that 80s feel because, like you said, things are still around. Mm-hmm. Like, when I grew up, like when we grew up in the 90s, it still probably felt like the 70s. At least in my house, everything was forest green and orange and, you know, dark wood. But, and c- cigarette smell everywhere, which you associate with the 70s, right? Early 80s. But, yeah, I would definitely say this, it felt very time capsule for sure. Because I know if and when we get to and rewatch like Jurassic Park, which we've seen before, that movie seems kind of like a movie out of time. There's certain things, like one or two things that could have just remade that movie itself, not the way that they did it, but made it be like more in like our time now. Mm Because when you think about Palm Springs, like what is like the three things that they added that really like made it a modern movie, right? Like the internet, right? Which you have to have. And I think they had cell phones. Mm -hmm. You know, those are like... It was like the, it was like those two things and just like the vehicles were different, like the cars, but it's still a person this this kind of movie is still a, a person driven movie. It's not a science driven movie, so you don't have to worry about like all oh, the science is debunked. 
Like, him having a cell phone isn't going to change anything. You never learn like, why Dr. he's reliving the same day over and over. Apparently, it was almost because someone put a, his ex-girlfriend put a spell on him. That's what, yeah, That I was going to say. And did yeah, you know that but... there was an alternate ending? No. And, you know, the proposal for the alternate ending was that um, he would actually get rejected by Andy McDowell's character. And then she would get stuck in the time loop. I like that ending. Uh, It probably wouldn't make you feel good at the end, though. No, it would really make you feel like everybody was cursed. But that I thought was cool because then, or in that kind of version of it, um, that's similar to like Palm Springs, where it's like he's bringing someone else into his nightmare. It's like he chose to basically become obsessed and infatuated with her because that's what he did in order to try to sleep with her, right? Because it's not like he really... Like, from what you could see of his character before, it's not like he really was, like, in love with her, right? He may have fallen in love with her as time went on. Well, I think when he's with Nancy, he calls her Rita. And I think that's your first clue that he actually did have a crush on her. When he's with Nancy and he's making out with Nancy, before they sleep together, he calls her Rita. And she goes, my name's Nancy. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Her name is Rita? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize her, name, her character's name is Rita. Hmm. Yeah. I'm an idiot. So, I and then he said like that. Person. And that's, nope, that's the first clue you get to him liking her. So I do think, because of that, that he did like her, but he was just such a douche that, like, or maybe he wasn't conscious yeah, of really it or wouldn't. Yeah. No, I know. Um, I remember that name because it's like a unique name. Um, yeah. So that's why I think he did like her, and they give you that little. Inside in, you I, yeah, know. I didn't even, I didn't even see that breadcrumb. I think it's cool. the kind of thing where he didn't really know he liked her, you know, and like that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, you, I'm surprised you didn't, rec- you didn't uh, notice that. You know, like I should have put two and two together, but I just didn't really. Well, if you didn't know that was her name, you'd just be like, yeah, of course he's calling her the wrong name and not realize I, it was that's actually. That's really kind of all I thought was like, oh, he's calling her the wrong name. Because I always just felt that it was, I felt everything he did was just scuzzy. So he just went from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, right? Because it's like, then he becomes obsessed with trying to save the homeless man. And then he becomes like. Yeah, but you know, that's not scuzzy. Going... That's actually when he starts to turn to nice. But I mean, like, he's a scuzzy dude who just gets his open world sandbox, right? That's kind of how I always felt the movie was. It was just like, if you could do anything, if you could really. Because it's the idea of immortality, right? And do you know that this was based on a screen or on a, on a book? I thought it was a screenplay, but yeah, yeah. No, no, but it was based on a I book. I knew it was like, based on... The idea on, was based on a book. I thought it was a play, book. but yeah, yeah, I knew it Do you know was... what the book is? Uh, no. Anne Rice is the vampire Lestat. So the inspiration for this is actually that. Huh. Where the idea is they wanted to tell a story about like immortality, right? Because he's living and continuing to live and... The you know the world is evolving around him, right? But he's like that would be too difficult to do. So then the screenplay became like this, where you're just living the same day, instead of you being the constant in time, right? Huh? Because he's Bill Murray is immortal. He can do whatever he wants. Right, but it's not the same because the next day nobody remembers. Exactly. So it's like so, you can't really form any like meaningful relationships or anything. So the inspiration of this came from the Vampire Lestat, because, you know, in that, obviously, he's talking about all of his exploits and everything he's done and all the people he's watched disappear and die. So it's like that idea about immortality. So it's uh, to use your 51st dates, it's just flipping it. So instead, you know, he's the one that's living all these lifetimes, but nobody else is living these lifetimes, just him. Whereas Lestat is living his same life and watching everybody else's life go away. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. A cool little thing. Now, here's the big question. Mm. If you could, if you were stuck reliving a day, one, what would you want the weather to be? And two, would you want to be home or away? Right? So, like, in this case, like, he's on a business trip. Right? So, he's away from home. Mm. Okay. So what would you want the weather to be? Because I know, like, obviously we talk about Palm Springs, nice weather. This is cold and then a blizzard. Yeah, I mean, I'd want nice weather. Are you saying if I'm stuck in a time loop by myself? Yep, you're stuck in a time Well, no, you're stuck in whatever, you know, however you want to portray your time loop. But I'm alone in it. Like, are you in the time loop with me? And we're like, oh my God, we're living the same day over and over? Or is it just me in a time loop 
just assume that you're Bill Murray's character. So you could have either been in, you know, at his hometown going through all this, like a Philly or whatever it was. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Which is only... By the way, that's another thing. They make it seem like Pittsburgh's so far away in the beginning of this movie. It's like an hour and 45 minutes from Puxatawney. Anyway. Um, like, like, my point is, it's pretty close. See, I would definitely want to be away. That yeah, I'd want to be. I want. I think I'd want to be on vacation, like, okay. I, like, like maybe like on a cruise or like at a okay. resort, like something fun. Right, because because I feel like at least he got that part, like oh, the weather then, and want like nice weather. But then we wouldn't have our dogs with us. That's what I'm saying. It's tough. So maybe like one, maybe like a beach house where we could bring them. Okay. I'm not trying to get stuck in a time loop with you at the moment. So it's just a, it was just a quick question. <laughs> you didn't have to think about it that much. Well, I was actually going to ask you a similar question. Well, well obviously I'd want to be nice weather. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want it to be cold as much as I know is like, I feel like whenever I see them stepping in that pothole filled with water and stuff, my feet immediately get cold I from know. thinking of me stepping in those potholes <sighs> over the years. So I'm like, I definitely don't want that. Also by Groundhog Day, like... Who isn't over the winter? Like, it's nice around Christmas time. And then it's just by February. We're like, everything, especially the Northeast, it's like, everything's gray. I've been Mm -hmm. cold now for months. I feel like there's no end in sight. Because it's not going to get springtime-y until April, right? Right. And that feeling, I mean, now we live in the South, so it's kind of like... That feeling feels very far away, but it just felt really, like, bleak. I, I was going to say, today was a perfect 85-degree day. <laughs> I know, it was unbelievable. Like, uh, like, like I a actually high. don't like it. I don't want it to be 85 in well, February. I was going to say, I want this weather without, um, like, this weather with no humidity, right? So I don't want, like, a like a, like a human place. And I, de- I definitely don't think I can do a time loop in my own house. That I don't think I can do. I think you'd start to go real crazy. I think you go real crazy real quick. Because I just don't know how much you can explore in the same little region. Well, I mean, at least we live in like a pretty popula- uh, populated place with a lot to do. You know, right, I wouldn't just, just stay in the house. I'd go out and do shit. I, well, yeah, because if you're here stuck in a time loop, of course you are. But I'm just saying like, you know, for the sake of argument, because in the two movies we saw and even like see 51st Dates, they're, they're doing it all on the same island. So again, everybody else is involved in kind of keeping her doing the same mm-hmm. day. So for her, she's stuck in that same like, I'm going to get up, but oh, I don't have school today. And then I'm going to do like, that's a lot. Happy birthday, dad. Isn't it like her dad's birthday? It's her dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like, it's just that. that is circle. it October 10th? Is that the day? I don't know. If I'm right about that. Um, but they're in Hawaii, so it's beautiful weather. I actually think that it, uh, my, my first reaction is to feel like we, like I wouldn't want to be in this house, but then I'm like, I could go to every single place in this city and see what everybody's doing. And then just like, get this weird look at at life where like you know because you know there's people and all the houses around us and all the things around us and all these like little things are going on like like what's happening here right we're doing a little podcast and the people across the street maybe they're doing you know a movie and and desserts and the people over there might be doing homework and this and all these little things happening at once and sometimes i think about this right all the little scenes and all the little places i could see all of them but you're not a ghost no but but you're gonna if, be like a cat burglar and like. But if no, I'm not going to people's houses. But I could go into like every restaurant, every bar, every store, you know, every little like I could, like every park, and I could see what happens all day, and I could really just get this huge idea of everything that's going on in the city. Like I don't know, I know that sounds crazy, and I could like draw like a whole little map of all the little scenes, and I, I can make a whole art project out of it, and that sounds fun. Okay, I feel like you took that question and you uh, you gave it some steroids. Okay, so that I'm actually really excited about this idea now, and I wish it could happen for me, but maybe not. <laughs> well, you know, you can only dream about uh, you know fictional movies. Okay, so my question for you okay. was if you had to be stuck in a holiday. Or it doesn't have to be a holiday, but like an event, like 
a, an event type day, mm-hmm. holiday. It could be like, it could be an event, a day where there's an event too. It doesn't have to be specifically a holiday. Which one would you choose? Okay. Do I get to have the same couple things that I had before? The same two things that I mentioned before? Like, do I get what to do control the weather and the location? So, like, I can have nice weather if I want, right? Yeah, that's okay. fine. The answer is July 4th. Okay. And the reason why, I'm in the summer, I could be at a different location, really not a lot of, like, like, imagine reliving Christmas morning every day for, like, 40 years, but it's the mm. same fucking Christmas. The same presents So, it's the same thing. So, if, like, all of a sudden... You're like, this is the fucking 10,000th time I've opened these socks. And this person that's giving me these socks is so happy about it. And each time you have to pretend be happy. Right? So it's kind of oh, like... Interesting. Because otherwise you're going to make them feel shitty. And then you're just going to have a shitty variant day. So if you're redoing the same holiday where you're getting gifts, like, fuck that. I don't want any of that. Then if you're cooking food, so if you're like hosting Thanksgiving, you have to fucking cook the food every day. Because if you don't, you're going to fuck up that. So I'm out on that. Halloween would just be like, dude, I do not want to have to fucking answer trick-or-treaters every day for fucking 30 years, 50 years in a time loop. So I don't want that. So we're talking about New Year's. That's a little dicey. That I feel like that could be just be like, that's just, no, I don't want to do that. Because then everybody's partying, everybody's going out partying. Like, it's just silly. I, I, don't, I don't want that. Um, we got Valentine's Day. Like, okay. But again, then after the 10,000th time of the same conversations and the same gift that your partner gave you, or even or if you're alone, right? It's like the 10th, like that part of it. What else? We got Labor Day, which is just like kind of you taking a day off. So, I mean, I could, I could vibe with that. Yeah. Um, that could be fun. Uh, Memorial Day, same kind of thing. Like you, yeah, can Memorial Day would be fun. Um, and then, like I said, July Fourth, because I'm just throwing a dart. Because I'm like, man, those are like the kind of days that a lot of people get off of work. But like, no, no way, I'm doing like Christmas. No way, no way. Could you imagine every day <laughs> you have to wake up and be like shocked every day about the presents you know that I gave you, and I'm telling you the same jokes. Or you're telling me the same jokes about the present, about how excited you were to find the present, and you're just like, dude, I've heard this 5,000 fucking times. Nope. I'm out. Yeah, it's funny because I would have been like, maybe Christmas, but honestly, I think you're right. I think that would be hell. Mm Mm-hmm. That would be a level of hell. I feel like the ultimate... Level of hell would be to relive Christmas every day. I really do. And not because of anything other than what I told you. Because when you're watching this movie and every day when he's on that street corner, Ned Ryerson sees him and screams and comes over and has that conversation. And you see how it goes in multiple different ways, right? So you see how he is like, at first doesn't really know who he is, then he's dismissive, then he's playing along, then he's whatever, but Ned Ryerson is always the same person. My favorite is when he just hugs him for a really long time and then like freaks him out. And he's like, hey, if you're not busy later. But it's just Mm -hmm. the same thing over and over and over. Like, dude, no. No, then not if that's Christmas. And you think about Christmas and more things are gonna be shut down, right? So if you try to go places, there's gonna be less places to go. Like, no, 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 no. That, I think, would be a nightmare. That's why July 4th. I feel like you got decent weather, barbecue food, stuff's usually going to be open, so you can, like, go places. Yeah. You get fireworks every night. Man, that's fun. Right? You can go to different places, see different firework shows. Yeah. Long day. A lot of things are closed, Maybe though. go in a pool. Yeah, some stuff's closed. A lot of stuff's open, like, half day. So, I mean, at least you can get what you need. Oh. Get beer. I don't know if I really have an answer to this question, but I did want to ask. That's mine. I might go more like Memorial Day or like Labor Day, like something a little less, a little more low key. Sure. It's the same, but again, same idea, right? Mm Because like, because if you think you're like, maybe Halloween, I love Halloween. Like, could you imagine every day you fucking wake up and 
every day you gotta get the candy together. And every day the same fucking neighbor kids are gonna come at the same fucking time. Every fucking day. No. Ring your doorbell. Black Friday might be cool. Because we never do the Black Friday shit. But it's like the day after Thanksgiving. So you don't have to worry about hosting or cooking or anything. You can just kind of like... I feel like you're grabbing straws now, though. Because what if your Black Friday starts because you went you went to visit relatives and you're staying in a random room at a place? It's like, you know? I of, guess. A lot of people are usually home for Halloween. A lot of people are usually home for other stuff, but... Yeah. That's my thoughts. Anything else you want to add on this movie? Because I had one more question. Ooh. No, I don't really have much else with this movie. Off the top of your head, if you haven't looked, how long do you think Bill Murray's character was stuck in that time loop? So I read uh-huh. some answers on this. I read that Harold Ramis said originally it was I think a thousand years, and then he said no, it was probably more like ten years. But there are thirty-eight days depicted in the movie. Okay, I read that it was either ten years, could be between thirty and forty years, and that Harold Ramis had said that. Later in life, he was involved in Buddhism, and that it takes ten thousand years for a soul to um, to like level up. It takes ten thousand years. So then he was ten thousand years. Oh, but that's that wasn't the intent when he made the movie because he wasn't Buddhist yet. Well, they don't say what it is in the movie. No, they don't. He started to quote a Buddhist doctrine that says it takes 10,000 years for a soul to evolve to the next level. Huh. In the end, there is no definitive answer, though. But he said based on some of the skills that he learned, like at least probably 30 to 40 years, the ice sculpting. The piano playing? The piano playing. I mean, I've tried to play piano. and it's, I mean, I can play very basic stuff, and it's and I mean, not that easy. I mean, you really think about it. and like, if Yeah, the ice sculpting is ridiculous, too. But also, like, an actor. You, you really think about an actor. I mean, you know from what you, you know, you're an artist. I mean, you know from just doing stuff. Like, it gets to a level where you have, like, you're training your body to be able to do different things, and actors are training their mind in order to be able to remember stuff. Like, he's a weatherman. He's not a fucking actor in the movie. So it would t- probably take you know, 10, 15 years for him to level up his brain in order to be able to remember all that stuff. Because he's remembering so many things every day. But he doesn't have to do anything else. You know what I mean? Like, that's all he has. But it takes time to level up your memory. Like, some people just don't have a great memory. Like, think about all the things he has to remember and and, and he... Like, when he ends up getting the perfect day, think about all the things he did. Because, like, at one point during his perfect day, he's like, oh, I I gotta go help all these people out. And he's like, I gotta go do some errands. And his errands like catching a kid falling from a tree. And, like, doing all these other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, he's got to remember all those things and all that timing and all that stuff. And I know he's doing it every day, but, like, it gets to a level where you have to, you know, you're remembering all the small talk and all the conversations. Like, when he steals the money from the from the uh, bank car and he's, like, five yeah. seconds, three seconds, two seconds. Like, he's obviously seen that over and over and over and over again. How did you feel about all the cakes and pastries that he got at the diner? Because if I was a little kid, that's what I would want to do. If I was like a little, like a, like a 10 year old. I felt like that was such a, uh, like a, such like a, a child flex, right? When yeah. That, when that was just like, I'm going to do this funny thing where I'm just going to eat all the things. Cause you're like. Apparently he, apparently he really ate a lot of those things and didn't feel good. Yeah. I would imagine you're not going to feel good to have all that sugar. You know, he also had to get two rabies shots or anti-rabies shots because he got bit by the groundhog twice. The- and do you know that a whole family of groundhogs were raised just for this movie. I did not. That's pretty cool. Isn't that cute? So on a scale <laughs> of 1 to 10. You don't think Groundhogs are cute. Seeing this movie now. Yeah. Rate it. Well, I did take a small nap during it. It's fine. Um. Yeah, I think I was just sleepy. Uh, listen. I guess I'll give it an 8.5. We have total agreement. I was going to give it an 8.5 as well and say, you know, whatever it was before and whatever, I watched these movies and we're going to rate these movies as we see them now, like with fresh eyes. It's good. It holds up. It gives you a lot of 90s nostalgia feels. All the 90s, you know, late 80s, early 90s things are there in this movie. Not really too much that you can change because, again, I've seen the more updated version and so have you. We've seen Palm Springs. We saw them tweak and change a couple different things. It doesn't really add much to the plot, just makes some more jokes. Yeah. 
you know, like if he had the internet or whatever, you know, I, I know we've talked and we talked last year, like when we were watching singles, I don't even know. I mean, I'm pretty sure we recorded it, but I don't think we did. Well, when we watched singles last year, which we didn't record it because we didn't get around recording it, but we had watched it. And one of the main things I was like, man, that fucking answering machine. Cause like that guy's life and that girl's life was dictated about those fucking answering machines. Or we recorded it and like never released it or something. something. That's absolutely terrible. But the but... movie singles in 1992 point being revolves a bit around an answering machine. There's some famous sitcoms, Seinfeld being one of them. It's going to revolve around an answering machine that a lot of these things just wouldn't... A lot of the plot points and funny things that they do would not happen if you just had a fucking cell phone. So it's like things that are just time-stamped mm -hmm. in that era. This movie is, is really not. There's really not much in there that you would need a cell phone or the internet or something along those lines. Like, you just wake yeah. up and you're reliving the same day. I mean, that's it. We're, we're here following the character. Yeah, you're right. Bill Murray's really good performance that keeps you engaged and keeps you coming back and seeing just a little bit more. Because there is something about Bill Murray as a person and as an actor where you just see him and go, he is every man, but he's also kind of douchey, but he's also kind of cool, but he's really snarky. And you could just kind of see him. I feel like you could see him in like any light, but always the first time you see him, you're always like a little scared. You're like, this guy's kind of a douche. Like always, I think. But he's the best. Like that's the, that's... The whole thing. Right? When I was younger, I thought he was really cool. And I've always loved Bill Murray. Um, and when I was little, I was like, he's a cool guy. Mm -hmm. and watching this as an adult, I'm like, God, he's such a dick. Like, it really, I was like, this guy is the worst. But don't you feel like he's like an everyman dick, though? Like, I feel like that's what it is. Like, no, that's what I feel like so he's good. like, he thinks he's cool because he's a weatherman and he's a dick. That's how I felt. I was like, this guy's a dick. When I was younger, I thought he was cool. And I still, th I mean, I still think Bill Murray's cool. I love Bill Murray. It's not anything against Bill Murray. But, like, I think just because I already liked him because I liked his character so much in Ghostbusters. He's also kind of a dick in Ghostbusters. Um, but I think he's a little more likable. Where huh. this, he becomes likable. But he starts off, I mean, he's funny. So that's the thing, right? You like funny people. So you're like, oh, he's a little, he's a little I, like I, he said, snarky. But I don't know. Like, I always feel like his characters, for the most part, as he plays them, they're always selfish and they're always mm -hmm. self-serving. And that's just part of the charm. That whatever is going on, you're just experiencing the tsunami that is his character. Right? So then he's always going to, you know, I mean, Scrooge, he's a dick, right? I mean, that's who he's supposed to be. And in this, he's kind of a dick, too. But at the end of the day, like... He could change pretty easy, and you could forget how much of a dick he is. That says a lot, because there are other people that you just don't. <laughs> like his brother, who's the boss in uh, National Lampoon's Vacation, mm -hmm. he's always a dick. Just because he's like, oh, okay, well, now I'm not going to give you the, like, fruitcake. Like, he's still a dick. Well, he's it. You know, he's <laughs> you know in this, too. I know. That's why That's why I thought of him immediately, because I was yeah. like, like, who's a person that there's just no redeeming them, even if they see the light? Like, that guy, he's like, he's a fucking dick. Right? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, maybe it's something, maybe it's genetic. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, know. Brian Doyle Murray. That's his brother's name. Let's end here. Eight and a half, both sides. We will go to next month's movie. It is called Fire in the Sky. Jen, I want you to tell me in one minute or less what the movie Fire in the Sky is about. What, right now? It's about aliens and a UFO. Okay. I've never seen it because I never wanted to because it's scary. Okay. We'll, so. go, we'll go back one second to make okay. sure. Last year we were playing a game and the game was... Yeah, you didn't you even... You give a movie category or you give a movie title and the other person has to try to guess the movie title and next month we will come back and see how close they were to guessing okay. the title. So... Fire in the Sky. A guy... Go. With long hair, sees a UFO in the sky, and then it gets him, and then he comes back to Earth, and he has very shoddy, almost memories of what happened, and he keeps having, like, weird headaches, and it's ruining his life, but he knows he was abducted by aliens, but he can't prove it, and he only knows in his gut because he doesn't have any, like, actual evidence or substantial memories of it, and it drives him crazy. Okay, that's a movie. I've never, like, I'm really, I've never seen this movie. <laughs> okay. So, 
we will leave it there. Aliens. I will say that you are right about part of it. 90s. Well, it's actually... Sky. Fire. (laughs) I will leave it there with this movie. So, Jen, you have decided that it is a movie about a man who gets abducted by aliens who has long hair and he comes back and he has no proof of it. Or, like, he can't... He's disturbed by it. He's very disturbed. He's unsure about exactly what happened. It's kind of, like, ruining his life with, with, with the images and the headaches and the things. And... He doesn't know if he should tell people or not because he doesn't know if they're going to believe him. But maybe he does and they don't. And maybe he has some kind of weird evidence. I don't know. I'm just telling you. I feel bad for this guy. It sounds unfortunate. Okay. So next month, what what we're going to do is we're going to uh, we're gonna have the other person judge. And uh, we'll do it on a scale of one to five. So we'll do you know, one point for overall plot. One point for... Um, like the lead or the idea of the plot. So in this case, you're saying it's a guy, right? So that's good. Because if you told me, what was the movie you told me? Um, the one with Michael Douglas. Oh, Falling Down. Falling Down. If I was like, oh, it's about a girl that uh, is having a drug addiction. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I would just be wrong on all these points, right? You can get um, an additional uh, point if you can name any of the actors that are involved in the movie. In general. Uh, you can get... Two more points just for style, how you presented it. So you've presented a film to me about a man with long hair who is abducted by aliens in the 90s and has problems coming back to society and dealing with it. You've given this movie no ending. And you've not Maybe this alien stole his child. Okay. Where has his his son gone? Or daughter? His child is gone. Stolen. Doesn't know how to get them back. So next month... um, you will read the synopsis and then you will tell me how much you got right, how much you got wrong, and what we got, and then you will give me the movie. So I you came in blind. Sounds like a plan. I did. I had no idea this was happening, or else I pick, probably would have done some research. And you could pick, you know, any movie that comes out in the next month. So I won't even look at next month's movies, like uh April's movies mm-hmm. at all. So then you just come at me. Boom. Okay. And then we'll just play the game. We'll see who can get the most points. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, off the cuff, I'm going to give you probably at least like a one. Because you, you told like a good story. Okay. Well, actually, no, you, you're, probably, you're probably in like the two and a half. Actually, you're probably like two and a half. Probably like two and a half. Listen, I'm pretty happy with that. I like it. So, anything you want to add for a movie podcast? We're here. We've been talking. Well, creeping up to an hour. I feel like it's very echoey in here and it's distracting me. Yeah, I don't really know where the echo is coming from, though. It sounds like your mo ec- more mo yeah mo echo. <laughs> so, oh my god, it sounds like you're more echoey than me. But I think it's just because you're la- like have a louder voice. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, some seated. Okay, so what we've been doing here, in this closet, on this podcast, on this '90s mixtapes podcast, is we are playing a long game of. Trivial Pursuit, 1990s Trivial Pursuit mini pack. It's just a card pack. It's not the full game. And we do this every week. And the person who gets, and whoever wins for the week gets a point. Correct. First person, the 10 points, is the winner of the mini pack. Correct. And what's the score? The score is one me, zero you. Cool, cool. The loser. Mm-hmm. After after someone gets to 10, and what we should also do is pick a date, because I feel like this could go on forever. So we should do it to 10 or September 1st, whatever. We, we should think about that. Because we both keep tying every week, and then it's like, you know, whatever. The loser is going to buy 1990s Trivial Pursuit, big game, and then we're going to have an ongoing game of Trivial Pursuit, where at the end, we're going to play, and we're going to get those pie pieces, and then the winner of that... The loser of that is going to buy the winner an awesome, legit treasure from the year that we're currently talking about. So, that is what we're about to do, right? We're going to play our little That's it. mini game of Trivial Pursuit. That's it. Let's get started. All right. You want to ask me first? You want me to ask you first? Sure. What surreal David Lynch TV drama, named for a fictional town in Washington, Twin Peaks. Follows the investigation of Laura Palmer's murder. 
Twin Peaks. That is that must be correct. I will not even look. You won't even look. Okay. What yellow-hued fry cook debuted on TV in nineteen ninety-nine, along with his pet snail Gary and his best buddy Patrick? Uh, is that SpongeBob? He's sometimes mistaken for a cheese businessman. It is SpongeBob. Square pants. I was like, oh, this is difficult. And then you said his buddy, like, fry cook. I'm like, oh. And then you're like, oh, his buddy. Yeah, I would. (laughs) What 42 to 1 underdog knocked out Mike Tyson in the 10th round to become the new champ in 1990 in one of the most shocking upsets in the history of sports? Holyfield? I'm going to give you a little bit of a help. If I say to you, Mike Tyson, what do you say? The top of your head. Uh, um, ear? You bit off an ear. Okay. Suck it. Suck it. Okay. You're going with the DX reference. The answer is Buster Douglas. <laughs> I'm going to give you a secret. You'd have never heard of that person. Never fucking heard but, of that Yeah, person. most people, Mike Tyson, Buster Douglas, you just think, yeah. All right. Okay. Damn. Okay, what Supernatural 1990 drama features a famous scene where Patrick Swayze makes poetry, and by poetry, I mean pottery, with Demi Moore? So the thing about Ghost is that they're <laughs> remaking it. <laughs> I heard this. What U.S. state, landing place of the Mayflower, did Mitch Album travel to for his visits with Maury? In his 1997 book, Tuesdays with Maury. Massachusetts. You know that has to be correct. You know your history. I know. And you read the book. I didn't read Tuesdays with Maury, but I have it. Don't I have it? I think so. Um, I read part of it. But I... Anyway. The 2015 biographical hit, Straight Outta Compton... Memorialized what popular 1990s rap and hip-hop act? I'm going to say that I I'm, I know what they, they are called. Um, I'm not going to call them by their real names. I'm going to call them by an acronym that is similar to a wrestling acronym. Uh, NWA is who this is, similar to NWO. That is, that is who it is. Well, uh, we're, we're coming back from a cut of me not knowing all the people in NWA, which is a little rough. Um, <laughs> um, but we're going to end it here. But we each have one point now. So one now point. I won. We each have one point. And we are ready and we will be back next week to discuss the music of yes. March. And please um, follow us if you haven't. 90s Mixtape. Um, rate, review, recycle five stars if you feel so inclined five stars is really nice we are blc mixtapes on instagram which stands for becky left the chat which is what we call ourselves and it is our email becky left the chat at gmail.com if you have any questions any suggestions want to say hi if you also love the 90s say hi to us blc underscore pod on twitter uh, I I run the Twitter, but I don't really do a lot of tweeting yet, but we will be in the month of March. So get it's ready. March goal. February goal, get shit out. Yeah. March goal. Now now we're ready. Get to shit out and start <laughs> posting on social media. Now, right? now our episodes are going to go down a little bit. They're not going to be as long because they're not going to have, potentially not going to be as long. So they're not going to have two months to cover, but we're excited. We'll be yeah. back next month for the music of March, 1993. Bye, everybody. Bye.